through those again, and Lisa, you've got some, right? Um, so guess what we're going to talk about tonight? <laughs> I know I, I made it really big so that people can be like me kind of like, oh yeah, prayer. Um, very appropriate, uh, you know, having, having our list. Um, I know everybody here, is there anybody here who has not been discipled or is not being discipled right now? Okay. Discipleship is great, and it gives you, guys, what are you going to say? It gives you the word of God and, and how to actually take it and use it, not just saying, okay, God, what is all this cool stuff that I don't know how to make it work? Whoa. Man, see, I didn't have to, I didn't have to pray for light, but God knows our need and supplies it through his ministries. Praise the Lord. That's your pastor at work right there. My pastor work. I like that. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about prayer tonight. Um, most of you have been through discipleship or going through di- discipleship. Anybody remember what number lesson disciple uh, uh, prayer is in discipleship? Just curious. Nobody. What? Okay. Pastor's wife, of course, she knows. No, that's good. No, don't be sorry. That's great. I was. They're like, yes, lesson six on prayer. Um, anybody here think prayer is fairly important? Okay, yeah, really important. Why? Talk to me. Shout out something. Why is prayer important? Communication with the Lord. Man, he, she's, uh, she's, on, she's on the ball tonight. That's right. You, you can't get saved without it, right? That stuff. What else? It works. <laughs> I like that. It works. Well, let's let's do this. Fill in your first blank. We're going to start by talking about the essentials of prayer. The essentials of prayer. Um, you guys all know a lot about prayer since you've been through discipleship. I want to approach it just a little bit different. But I, I, I want to stir up in us tonight, and that's the job of preaching and teaching is to stir up in, in each other the things that need to be, that we that they might get built up, that we might get encouraged, that we might actually apply them, obey the Word of God. So we're going to start by talking about the essentials, three major points tonight. And I will tell you, I'm a big fan of uh, a writer named E.M. Bounds. He's, he was a pastor. Anybody else heard of E.M. Bounds? Okay. E.M. Bounds um, probably has written some of the best works on prayer of anyone since Paul. Praise the Spirit of God. I, I just seriously, I mean, it, it's just amazing stuff. It's the kind of thing that you read a little bit of it, and you have to go kind of get on your face and get alone and, and you know, like Nehemiah and Elijah and so many others and David and Saul, and you just confess my sins and, and, and or you confess my faults. You know, and say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me, but I got to confess that I am. Pastor Jeff and I were talking about this earlier. A worm. I mean, he, this guy gets prayer. And he uh, he's been gone for you know he's been promoted about a hundred years ago, a little over, uh, and his work by guys like Larkin is uh, you know I mean it is it's what's needed today, quite frankly. Because I will tell you this, 
and, and I will confess this before you. Tonight, I am confessing not only before God who I've already done, but also for you that I am terrible at praying like I ought to. And I think that although many of you probably are very good prayer warriors, as the body of Christ at the end of this age, the latest end of the church age, the end of the church age, that we are terrible at this in this country anyway. As a whole, I know there are many who do a fantastic job. Most of the grandmothers, <laughs> older folks, quite frankly, uh, who just labor in prayer. And if you're thinking to yourself, labor in prayer, that's why you're coming to church. Because most of us may even have even seen or recognized that phrase in the Word of God. Laboring in prayer, striving together in prayer, let alone thinking to yourself, how do I do that? And I will tell you this, I have studied it and I can tell you knowledge about it. But I have not done it like I ought to. Because prayer, where would you put prayer on the scale of all the things that as Christians we do, studying the Word of God, applying the Word of God, teaching the Word of God, winning people to Christ? Where would you place prayer on that list in terms of importance? One, absolutely. Now be honest and don't answer out loud. Is it the number one thing you do in your life? Because if it's not, and I will tell you it's not for me, for my family. And if not, then we have work to do. I have work to do. Because it should be. How many times have you thought or heard somebody say, well, I don't know what to do. At least we can pray. It's the leftover, isn't it? It's the afterthought. <laughs> yeah, that is the wrong attitude. I'm just going to be very straight with you. You guys know I'm, I'm a straight shooter. That is the wrong attitude. And by wrong, I mean unbiblical. Not wrong according to this certain Bible. The Bible says that should be the number one thing that we do. And we could start tonight, and, and we're going to do a little, a little bit of this. We could go literally from Genesis to Revelation. It would take us a whole lot longer than the hour and ten minutes we have. And just say one little thing about all the men who pray, and women, as they ought in the Word of God. Because there's many of them. Many. And I believe that's why God was able to use them in his writing that it's, it's a need. We think of prayer as an elective. I know that's not on the forefront of your mind, but it is back here. And the proof is the actions. Not to you and me or somebody else, you and God. How often do you pray? Do you have to remind yourself to pray? I do. Not always. I'm working on it. I've been working on it. to be 
remember what the Word of God says about Jesus in His earthly ministry? How often He went to prayer? Most of the night, prayer is not a talisman. It's not a magic thing. We're going to talk tonight about what it what it is. It is communication. You hear Brad on the shelf there and, and Jeff on your seat. In fact, this is the equipment. Prayer is all about communication with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit of God. We praise God. But it's all three. All three are active. All three have parts. And we should be interactive, having intercourse, if you will, with all three when it comes to that communication or communion. Ian Bounds said this, The Holy Spirit will give to the praying saints the brightness of an immortal hope, the music of a deathless song. In his baptism and communion with the heart, he will give sweeter and more enlarged visions of heaven until the taste for other things will pall and other visions will grow dim and distant. He will put notes of other worlds and human hearts until all earth's music is discord and song. Now, if that seems foreign to you, as it did the first time I I read it, and even now, that's Baptist Church, not Baptist. I love baseball. I have no problems with Brian Watson on baseball for several reasons. I mean, he did something else, you know, because I know how much Baptist I love. When's the last time I sat down for a couple of hours and prayed? I will tell you tonight. because I think this is important. I think it's imperative, and I think it is absolutely necessary for the body of Christ today, and I know it is for this church. Because our church is doing the work of God, and God is doing the same. And I know I don't say it. You can say it for me. I don't say it's a right. I say it's an attitude of our church. And I'm guessing I'm not alone. So yes, prayer is about communication with God, with our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior, with the Holy Spirit of God who is in us and sealed until the day of redemption. So let's talk about that. How does that work? Well, fill in the blank, okay? By prayer, fill in the blank, by prayer, we what with God? We what? What? Okay, keep talking. Yes, keep. We talk to God, right? What's prayer? Somebody just tell me. Actually, Tom, you just said it. So go ahead. Yeah, talking, speaking, speaking to God, talking to God. It's doing what you see the very first human do with God. They talk all the time, right? They talk. Even even when sin entered in, the Lord comes down and, and he's walking in the garden and hears a voice from there and and Do you think God didn't know where Adam was? Uh, God 
scholarly uh, person and knowing him right he's God right so that's the simple one prayer that talking with God it's just that simple just talking people say well I don't know how to pray you know how to talk right I mean you can be used to talk to God but God God does God see the outward appearance what does he see the heart he sees the heart he hears the heart he speaks when we hear with God okay I just knocked that off okay so Hebrews 416 I've got the references there I'm going to read them for time's sake quickly because we got a lot to cover tonight Hebrews 416 let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need pretty important huh Ephesians 3.12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. We have access to God. Now, if you had access to, I don't know, if I said baseball, there's some people I'd think of right away, okay, Whit Merrifield. I'd like to have access to him. I'd like to talk to him, right? What do you like? Think of it. And think of the person that you would like to have access to to talk to. Patrick Mahomes, okay, yeah. You have access to the God of the universe. And how often do you actually sit down and talk to him? And I don't mean prayerly prayer. Because let's be honest, I've done it, you've done it. I don't have to know your life, we are all human where we're just praying because we're supposed to pray at a meal or in a social approach. And so, okay, it's my turn to pray, so I'm going to pray for this according to Christ. But my heart's not really in it. I'm not actually talking to God. I'm just saying the words. And and I'm not being innocent. I I mean what I'm saying. But am I actually talking as if I'm talking to God? Does somebody else talk to God? Have you ever done this? I, 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 I've done this a few times. But have you ever taken a chair and sat in another chair across from it and just talked to the Lord as if, as if he's actually sitting there in the mirror or whatever you want to do? Try it sometime. It's awkward at first. But if you keep doing it, And he says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Psalm 5.3, my voice shall, shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Is that what you do? Is that what I do in the morning? Personally. Okay, if, if not, and I like that, that's all right. And, and I've made that a habit. I will tell you that sometimes when I wake up and I start praying, I'm praying out of habit, not out of whatever, annoyance, you know, because it's in the nature, you know. I'm praying because that's I know I need to, and I'm getting up out of a rut. Now, I'm not thinking that way all the time, but that's what I'm doing. Maybe you don't do that, and you've only done it a few minutes, or you've done it 
we've had some friends I won't say names that's not good but there's some folks that we've had our ministry in in Arizona and this one couple when they would pray I'd love to hear them pray because whenever they prayed it's like they really were I mean, you could just hear and feel this encouragement in their voice, and it was never, you know, oh, God, the great and mighty Lord of all, that kind of thing. It was always something, you know, and I can't even imitate it. It was just so real, so sincere, just, you know, intimate. That is the word, intimate. It was was just... Every time they did, I get a little goosebumps now because it's like, I need that. I was their pastor and I heard that and I'm like, I need that close. It's convicting. We'll talk about another reason why we should be looking at the grace of Jonah because somebody else is looking at us and we we see that coming. The next one. The next bullet point. By the word of God, in big W-A-G, whatever you want to do, dash D. Because the word of God is the mind of Christ. Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which is also Christ Jesus. We've got some more here for you. But by the word of God, Jesus, we what? Listen to God. I pray to talk to him. But if I'm going to listen for the answer, then I got to I got to I got to get in the Word of God to to hear the answer. Lisa doesn't mind me telling this probably. I hope, but she's told it before. But one time she went in and talked to the pastor about her husband. It was legit <laughs> to do, uh, quite frankly. And he said, he said, Hey, have you have you been in the Word of God? Have you been spending time? I only had time to pray for him, right? <laughs> it's like, hmm. Because as per usual for us as humans, we like to do all the talking. But we don't really want to listen. We want attention. And, you know, there's a lot of folks in Christianity that say, oh, you know, venting's good. You need to vent. Be careful. That becomes a habit, too. Speak to the matter through the heart. There's a difference between pouring out your frustration and pain in search of. We'll talk about that a little bit later, a couple cases a few days ago. And then just we're just venting. You know how some people, and that's me, of course, pray in groups, not really praying to God, but praying the people, you know, so that the people there either hear what I'm saying or get the message, you know, because, I mean, yeah, I'm so much better at getting the message to them than the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of them. It's ridiculous, right? 
the idea sometimes. Sometimes we're talking to people, trying to convince them of something as if my speech and my words are somehow have more power and authority and transformative power than the Word of God. like to get an, a, a word in here. John chapter 14, verse 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The key word in there for what we're looking at tonight is the truth. Okay? So Jesus is the truth. Well, John 17, 17, just a few chapters later, says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Which is why what I have here is not my definition. It is the Bible's definition. Jesus, the Word of God. 1 John 5, 7 says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. The Word referred to for the name Jesus. Because it's the same. We have the mind of Christ. You have access not only to talk to God, but you have access to hear what he saith unto thee. Man, if I only knew what he wanted me to do. Well, Mark, stop talking. Start listening. Get in there. Is this making sense? I know you know most of this, right? I hope. I'm wasting my time then you guys already do all this and this really is confusing and actually please pray for me I mean it is please pray for me okay please I, I need it if you know me very well you know I need it third bullet point under the essentials of prayer when it comes to communication of course is by what the third member of the Trinity the Holy Spirit by the Holy Spirit Who lives inside of you? What part of God lives inside of you? Come on, speak up. This is class participation. Yeah, the Holy Spirit of God. That operation of God there in Philippians, man, where at the moment of salvation, that circumcision takes place and your flesh is cut away as the Holy Spirit of God comes in and quickens our dead spirit and seals us into the day of redemption. That's how we're able to have true communion. folks I have prayed for who are running to the Lord to save. And, and in my mind, I'm like, oh boy, they got the Holy Spirit of God locked up in the basement of their life. And the Lord's like, thank you for taking me in. Because I'm on autopilot. 
but when I do it, so let me just give you an education on why. Don't get ever killed in the form of baptism. Even Pete says no, <laughs> because you know the material. How about knowing one who does not practice love or practice justice or practice judgment, but who is love, who is justice, who is mercy, who is those things, and without him, they do not exist. Do you understand that? If it was true, like from our generation, don't wait till till they're older, okay, oh, God is dead. If that was true, then the whole summer of love and all that that we had back then would, would not have existed either. You get my point. Because without God, there is none of those things. He doesn't practice those things. He is those things. And if I want from the Father, if you want from the Father, you're going to have to have some really good things. How many of you are, are married or have had a boyfriend or girlfriend? Okay, the opposite sex. All right. Did you get to know them by not spending time with them? Then, and be honest in your own heart and mind right here. You say, and I know it's true, because it's true in my life. I want an intimate, real relationship with, with my God and my Savior. Amen? And, and I know you really mean that. I really mean that. But just because I really mean it doesn't mean that I actually mean it. Because if I did, I will be sending the Spirit not because it's wonderful or it's or I ought to do this, it's my duty to do this, but because I want it. I will drive across Pierce County to spend time with him. And I'm not talking about your cat or your boyfriend. When's the last time you spent time with God simply because you missed him and you wanted to talk to him? You just want to hang out with God. do hopefully if not get out of that relationship where you just man you miss him you just want to you just want to be with him what are you going to do with that i don't know i just want to spend time with him i just want to be there right after 40 years man (laughs) now when we're apart it's like we miss each other more than we did when we've known each other over 40 years i i i want outside of God, right? And I do. But I want to be with him. Is that how you feel about the Lord? Not 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 up here. Right here and right here. And I am here because it's like as far as that, that hunger, that just like man, I I just I, I love it, but I, I, I just want that. 
called Protestant. Not because I'm an American, because I am second place. Most of the time he went out secretly, so to speak, or he, but he went out on his own. He wasn't out there doing a magic prayer and doing this. No, he, he went and tried to spend time with the Father. They were separated, okay? Not in here, but they were separated. You, you understand that, that that prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane is not, you know, if even Jesus had doubts. No. He wasn't praying, let this cup pass, you know, if possible, because he was afraid or because he doubted what God was doing. He did that because for the first time ever, first and last time, by the way, he was going to be separated by the Father to take on your sins and my sins. else to notice about that? Before he went and did it physically, he had to be in the garden and that purified before he could do that. Sacrifice for the sins. That's what it was for. You can't do the other without that. That's why a lot of times the things that we do sound false doctrine. But don't work out how you say Expectation, our hope is not in line with God. And that's what prayer does. Anybody here think you can change God's mind? Anybody? Do you really? He said, I wish I could. And, and I think that too sometimes. But if I could change God's mind, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good, but. As my old dad in the faith used to say, when you think it out to its logical conclusion, it's like, uh, there's no way that turns out good. Okay? Because now I'm the author. Can righteousness come from unrighteousness? Well, we do. <laughs> well, and now, and there's a place for that. She said, you know, sometimes we pray like that, and, and sometimes we do. And they talk back, right? Right? Now, didn't the Lord tell us make your request known before God? Amen? So we have that access. We have have that privilege, not a right, by the Father. I know that. We don't have a right. We have privileges to pray upon us that we do not deserve. But because we've prayed for a while, or I've been like that and not like that, now I've got a right get all these things from God. And I have to let my expect it. Hey, is that what happened? Did you pray for me? Really? It's kind of like when we go to prayer and it's really what I call the grocery list. Okay, Lord, I'm going to need some cheese and carrots and, uh, and we're going to need this and I'm going to need a car and I'm going to need this and that. Like God doesn't know these things? 
and said, who gives? But how are we doing it? Here's the list, Lord. Do it. Or is it, hey, Lord, you put me through the test and you answer me. And I searched my heart. I found it to be enough that there is the desire to help. If it's if it's an enemy of will, Lord, let it not. Please reveal that unto me. I know you're going to give me the strength to seek the pathway and plan to go through that. Christianity, do we hear it enough to be where we keep looking, what would my life look in Jesus? Right? Lord, I, I just get in here today and I, I really get everything going on with me. Would you please be through the test and say, hey, I need your help. Man, things are going to get better. I, things are going to get smoother. Have you been reading the Bible? Have you seen what happens when God's people serve him? They go through it. You know why? Because God uses them. He's able to use them in, for an example unto the believers and an example to the lost. And they're willing to pay that price because he paid the price for us. But we don't because life could get easier. I want it to be all great. I want it to be like the Christian movies and stuff where it's all worked out right off in the sunset, and I get that guy or that girl, and everything's just so good. Really? Have you met Jeremiah? Have you met the apostles in their age? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Look at their end. You want to pay that price? That's what it takes. By the Holy Spirit, we have communion with God. John 17, 21 that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Why? That. When you see that, here's the reason for the whole bit. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Not so that their life is just all nice and cool and, you know, no sweat and everything's just really cool. John 15, 26, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of God. Why? Because those two are both God. Jesus and the Holy Spirit of God. They will always agree on the answer. You say, well, God told me this, but the Bible says that. It wasn't the right God for me. I have been there. Said, well, I was. Hang with me for the story. This is a true story. I asked my pastor if I was saved. I thought I was saved when this happened, but I wasn't. So my girlfriend and I, this will be poorly telling, because I have to say it because that's not always true in Christianity today. So this is like 50 years ago, all right? Down at Bolshoe's Lake and had a church camp, and uh, this young lady and I are on the dock, and looking up, and it's, you know, very spiritual, and I'm, I'm just being honest, we weren't doing anything wrong, 
But all of a sudden, the stars started moving in. I'm going inside. I'm not making this up. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And we were like, oh, man. And we went and we pulled everybody in. I, I even have a notebook somewhere. I didn't listen to of, of the stuff that happened. I thought, oh, my gosh. Then when I actually got president, I got a hold of her. And I said, okay, Clint, what about this? Clint is Clint. The question is not this or that. The question is, what? And he was the author. Haven't you heard? Haven't you read your Bible? The Bible says that Satan comes in lying signs and wonders. He does all kinds of stuff. Why? To keep dummies like me going, I, I, I saw this, man. I know God is real, and I'm saved. It's good to go. And never get saved. That's what, that's what happens. To keep, to keep people confused and relying on their experience rather than the truth. You follow? Everybody, yes, no, shake your heads or nod your head. Okay. Want to make sure. John 16, 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Have you ever tried, I have, and it's hard, to not say anything without asking the Lord, what should I say? I hear that a lot. Okay. Before I open my mouth, ask the Lord. Because in my mind, in my head, just like you, I'm, I'm, I'm going through a whole library list, a whole catalog full of responses, right, or solutions, especially as guys, right? We got, I got solutions. Okay, one, two, three. I got a three-point. I got a five-point, seven-point, four. Right, at least I, I, I got I got a list for you. But instead, don't open your mouth. Just ask the Lord. What should my response be? Because I don't want to be like the Pharisees. I want to ask real spiritually, Lord, what what would you say? And I, I leave it. That's why you need to learn the Word of God. Not so that you have a bunch of knowledge to share with others. I thought that for a long time. With a motive quite frankly, it was honest. I saw the man of God, the truth is winning people here, doing all these great things. Man, I want to be like him. Okay? And Paul said, do you follow me even as I am of Christ? But that's that's like a child. I want to be like dad. I want to be like mom. Great. Until you get older, you realize, okay, I have to be my, my person, right? It's the same thing. Okay, I want to be like him or her because they love the Lord, they serve the Lord, they follow him. So what I do is I get in the word of God and I learn it so that I know the biblical response to what's going on. Not just my reaction. That might be a Christian reaction or a spiritual reaction, but it's not what the spirit says I am. How do I know when the spirit's talking to me? Well, here's the thing. If you're alive, you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. He's speaking to you. 24-7. Yeah. Really? Really? 
Don't know that yet. Yeah, it takes a holy damping of our faith Number two, those are the essentials of prayer. The essentials are, I need to have this communion with God, this communication with him, which involves, uh, you know, this give and take communication where actually he does most of the talking and I do most of the listening and replying. Not just listening, by the way. Listening and replying. Okay? There's no application then here that all men must know this. There, there's a connotation with knowledge. Knowledge without application is at best a test of mind and at worst very dangerous. Ecclesiastes says that a lot of that wisdom and, and so forth comes false. So number two. Let's talk now about the reality of prayer. The reality. Reverend Bond said this. He said, the word prayer expresses the largest and most comprehensive approach unto God. It gives prominence and preeminence to the element of devotion. It is communion and intercourse with God. It is enjoyment of God. It is access to God. Amen. That, that, that's exactly right. That's the reality of prayer. So, 1 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 1. You guys know this, right? Either in or in through discipleship or disciples. So number one, what's the first thing? Pray. Prayer, right? Fill in the blank. First bullet point under reality of prayer. It's, it's simply pray. Pray. Why? Because first few, oh, I'm sorry, First Timothy, chapter 2, verse 1 says, I exhort, therefore, and we won't go back through the whole chapter, but obviously he's talking to his son, Timothy, in the Lord. And you can go back and, and look at that. He says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in the goodness and in all goodness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. This goes right along with Philippians 4, 6, which I know you, you know, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. All right? So prayer. That's the first one. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So if you want to pray, not doubting, which is what Paul continually exhorts us to do. We think about Paul and, you know, God giving him the mystery of the church and all these things. But if you go through and as you're reading through your Bible, you know, I say it, if you're not reading through your Bible, if you're not reading daily, start tonight or tomorrow at the latest. Get in there and listen. Okay? And as you go through any of the books that the Holy Spirit of God used Paul to write, note how many times he is praying and exhorting to prayer because it is constant. I'll be honest. I don't always notice it. I know it, but I don't always notice it because 
I like action, you know, you know so I, I'm looking for the action, I'm seeing this, that, you know, and I want to see something apply. He said, hey, before you can have the action, you have to have the thing that's perfect that makes it work. And that's God. Understand this, prayer is not about you, and it's not about me. It's about God. Prayer is not something that we do because, well, because all these people did it, and prayer seems important, it's the number one thing, so we say that. No, prayer, communion, is that relationship. As, as Reverend Brown used to say, it's communion and intercourse with God. It is intimacy. It is where, man, this is where I get to know him. He already knows me before I was even born, before you were born. I get to know him. That's what prayer is about. Prayer is about him. That's why he says, if we ask anything according to his will, again, this is why I want to learn the will of God and be in the will of God, so that I can find out what is his will, how does he think, what does he do? Because sometimes I see and hear things, and I think, well, that, that doesn't seem spiritual, that should. But then, though, the Spirit of God reminds me of what the Word of God says because these two agree in one, right? Well, boom, there's a click in my heart. And now I know, whoa, danger, time out, something ain't right. I'm learning His will. If, I'm, if I learn what His will is and how He thinks about things, now when I pray, when I'm talking to Him, not our Father above all heavens and in the throne. He says, it's the enjoyment, it's the access, and I don't have to doubt because he's already told me, this is his will. This is what's going to happen. And sometimes his will is, it's in his hands, I don't get to know what's in his will. You know why? Because I'm the child, he's the father. Did you explain everything to your kids? No. Why? You didn't love them? You just think that, didn't need to know. They couldn't handle it that way. It's not what, okay. Now me, I, my background in the Marine Corps is intelligence, and I'm like, I, I need the info. I, I, I want to know. And God's like, really, it's not me. It's just this piece of paper. Treasury Department principle on counterfeit. What is it? Right. You only touch real money. You only, you don't learn all the different things as to how they counterfeit and do all this stuff. You get the knowledge, but you only ever handle real money. Why? Because when you touch what's not the real money, you don't know what it is, but 
if you know something's not right, now you can go in and do it. There you go. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what this is about. That's what prayer is about. Not just me talking to you, but that true communion where it's a conversation, again, where I'm doing most of the listening. And my questions now have more to do with clarification. Instead of, you know, like five or six years ago, oh, why that? Why that? Why that? I, I can tell you that, number one, you're not going to understand. Number two, when you're thinking like this, you're not going to understand. Luke 18, 1, and he spake a parable unto, uh, unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So how often should we be praying? With that theme, all the time. You, you know, it's, it's Men ought always. See, I like these words that don't really leave room for, well, my interpretation of that, the way I see that. Always is when? <laughs> always. It's pretty, I mean, even the guy riding the short bus, I can figure that out. Okay? Always. It means always. Without ceasing. That, that thing is always there. Try this for a day or an hour. Start small. I, I'm being serious, okay? To where you don't do anything but seek the Lord always. To where when you're doing something, you're, you're talking as if you're talking to family. You know how it is when you're with your best friend or your husband or wife and you're just talking. And try that. Again, it's awkward at first because we're not used to doing it, are we? But do, try it. Do it. Gets less awkward. And if you keep doing it and you keep working on it and and you're really in that time of prayer where you're just, Lord, getting into the next thing we're going to talk about, praying with him about it, then those things happen. Philippians 4 6, we already read that. Verse 6 Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. Christ Jesus. You know what my biggest problem is? My heart and my mind. My mind is affected by every sense I have. The things I see, the things I hear, the things I taste, things I say. And as we think of his heart, it works. So you know what I need? Same thing you need. I need to be in the prayer it is a need for us. And we, we think of it as something, I'm, well, that's something I need to work again on. Or I need to get better. No. It's a necessity for the child of God to have the relationship with the Father that he desires. And sometimes that's a problem. I want the relationship with him that I desire. Not that I don't care about his desire, but because I don't think about it. Because I'm being self-centered. I'm thinking about me. And my needs, not my needs. And he says, look, here's, here's the need. I need the peace of God which has all understanding. Why? Because I need to keep my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Because he's the only other, the one who, that he's the only one who has ever done that for us. Amen.
would I ever look to my dad in that way, Ian Bound, anybody else I would look up to? No, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why? Because I need to be crucified too, okay? I need that. And it brings us to our next thing, your next bullet point, supplication. Supplication, look at this. Supplication is a more restricted and more intense form of prayer, accompanied by a sense of personal need, limited to the seeking in an urgent manner of a supply for pressing need. Supplication is the very soul of prayer and the way of pleading for someone thing greatly needed and the need intensely felt. That's what Ian Bound writes. It's intense. It is. It is a need. It is something. Lord, if you don't come through, I'm, I'm, and, and if that, and if I'm at the, if that leaves me out the back, then I'll be honest. I was praying that tonight. I even went out and walked around the parking lot a little bit. I asked Pastor Jeff to pray for me. This peace has been just. You know, to where my eye hurts, my ear hurts, the side of my face hurts. Have you ever had that kind? You know what I'm talking about? The thing that happens usually before a root canal, you know? That's that's what's going on. You know what's been happening for the last hour? Oh, my God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'd like to keep preaching the rest of the night <laughs> until, until Friday at noon when I can get in. Seriously. Because this is how God works. It's not how I work. I didn't do it. My flesh is a pain in my feet, in my face. Not just the lips. In my face. Seriously. It's God, man. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm giving him praise and glory because I'm telling you, this is how God works. I saw my dad in the face once. Thick, so thick, his suit back in those days, those suits were completely green. couldn't even speak. He had a speaking engagement a couple hours. It took him almost three hours at that time. And he was trying to get up. He got up and preached. It was like as if nothing ever happened, man. I'll never forget. I saw it more than once, but I remember the first time it happened. I couldn't tell you the first 20 minutes of what he, what he preached on because I was just, I'm serious. I was just like, this is like in the Bible, you know. Well, that, yes, but that's just me. So we, we see those things happen. We're like, oh, my God, that is so cool, right? Why? That should be everybody. That should not surprise me. That should not, that should be, I'm not looking at this as everybody else is. I'm just not paying attention most of the time, and I'm not being let alone be a part of it. Shame on me. 1 Kings 8, 22 to 61. You might flip over there. I, I'm not going, I was going to go through it with you. I, I'm not for time's sake. But 1 Kings chapter 8, there's a, Scripture here. 
where uh, the temple's been completed. Solomon has completed the temple. Let me grab one of these. I've, I've grabbed one of mine too. Solomon does. It's completed. And starting, and, and I think I gave you a reference, didn't I, for Kings 8.22 to 61? Did I put that in there? Okay. Read through that on your own time. And count how many times you see the word supplication or sup, sup, you know, that form of that word. And he repeats it over and over. He, and, and it starts there in verse 22. Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands towards heaven. And he said, and, and he, this, this is no short prayer, man. He's praying. He's got a tent, man. He is pleading with God. He is giving God honor. He is giving him glory. He's doing everything he needs to do. And we know that because the sacrifice was accepted. And God came down with fire and just took it all up, man. Pretty amazing. Look at uh, 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 3. And the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever, and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. His supplication was real. Sure, it's done on his behalf. He was pleading, he was begging, because he wanted that room for God. The work of his hands, what he'd done, to be accepted. And he was. And he was. Okay, number three, intercession. Intercession. Intercession is an enlargement in prayer, a going out in broadness and fullness from self to others. Primarily, it does not center in praying for others but, but uh, refers to the freeness, boldness, and childlike confidence of the praying. It is a fullness of confiding into it in the soul's approach to God, unlimited and unhesitating in its access and its demands. This is Reverend Brown speaking, and he closes this, this uh, statement like this. This influence and confident trust is to be used for others. Intercessory prayer again, is not about me. It's not about you. It is about others. Uh, look, 1 Samuel 12, 23, Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. I'm sure we, you all know that. But I will teach you the good and the right way. You remember Abram and he was sent and he sees three people out to be the Lord, actually, Jesus Christ, be the Lord, and, and a couple guys, and, and they get to, he, he, he prepares just a morsel, he says, that he's out to be a thief, and they get to talk, and he realizes this is, this is, this is God talking to him, and he tells him, hey, I'm, I'm sending Solomon Gomorrah tomorrow morning to destroy you. Well, Abram knows his, his nephew Lot has done that, and he's like, okay, Lord, what, you know, the righteous with the wicked? Right? Is there a, maybe five, fifty men? Maybe it's just this, but well, how about forty? And, you know, this is how we how we be with God. Like, let's make a deal. The fifty? Uh, oh, uh, well, forty? Two? Uh, I'm just going down the line. 
but the the inner peace and lasting which came to him was love but he interceded for lost in Hebrews 18 Romans 8 26 and 27 likewise the spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to, how's it end? Okay. The will of God. According to the will of God. The Holy Spirit of God intercedes for us. Why? Because we don't know how to pray. We don't even know how to ask. Okay, Lord, I know I don't know how to pray. I'm here a lot. You know, I'm, Lord, you know I don't know how to pray for this or what I ought. Spirit of God, please, you know, I'm, I'm talking, you know. You know, Hebrews chapter 7, you know, he, uh, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit, for he ever, ever liveth and intercesseth for us sinners. These are intercessors, right? How often are you and I interceding necessarily for others? And not just because we have a list, right, and one through nine, but because, hey, I wrote this down because I heard something. Maybe I should walk into the lobby and ask for it tonight. So as we say, you know, speak of a remnant. Take it to the throne before you take it to the throne. Because, you know, usually you hear something, you're like, God showed you things all the time. And a lot of you think, oh, man, I got to, man, I'm just going to get rid of this really quick. <laughs> no, Mark. No, I'm still as blind as ever. He showed that to me so that I could pray about it, so that I could maybe trust the word of God and say, man, maybe I need to do that. Maybe there's something I need to do for this group. Lord, what would that allow me to do? And that's I want you to pray. Sure. That's usually what it is. For us, you know, we think, oh, I gotta do something about this. You know, I'm a guy, so I can say, Well, I gotta I gotta do something about this. It happened to me once in El Salvador back in the early eighties and these folks that I love dearly and there's something going on and man, I went over to my buddy was man, his wife said, Touching something, man, run over there, man. And his wife was like, <laughs> "Don't touch me." And I said, "Just what? What should I do? What do I need to do?" She looked at me. She said, "Well, right now is the only thing you need to do." If you would slap me, I wouldn't have felt it. I mean, that was like we talked about it several years later. She goes, "Oh my gosh, did I really say that? I don't remember saying that." I said, "Oh, you did." And guess what? God used it to grow me up. I've never forgotten it. Almost 40 years later now. Just say, you see that? If God allows you to speak your mind, doesn't mean you need to do something about it. It means, Spirit, I need to do something. I need to do something in communion with my God about that. Because He's the one 
that not only can do something about it, but is way better qualified to do it than I am. Last thing, giving of thanks. Giving of thanks is, well, how often will Sunday you say, hey, you say, now who's got any praises? You notice that that list is always shorter than the, say, who's got a praise? These things ought not to be said. Get a list, get a notebook, get get something and start writing down your prayer, prayer requests. But also, you know, divide or decant, whatever you got to do, but write down the, the answers. Put dates on these things. Then you can go back and say, wow, I found some of those answers when we were moving one of our things. And I just sat there for that long while I started going back through those. And it was just a sweet time of fellowship with the Lord going, Giving of thanks. Sometimes it's, you know, God, you know, I, I spent some time with you because you were such a tough man to pray for. You know, you, you loved me, you know. First uh, Samuel 2, 23 says, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceedingly proud. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. You know who prayed that? A little lady named Hannah. She had a son named Samuel. Nothing wrong with that. David played there some feedback for him in the Old Testament. She prayed for Samuel. She had an adversary the word of God says in in her husband Adonai's other wife who was having all these kids and she's not having kids and she's kind of like oh you know the barren one type hurtful stuff and she's praying not just because she wants but because she's thinking I'll, you know because if the Lord is with God I will I will give him back to you I don't even need you know and what she do boy he gives her a son Rachel does exactly what she promised to do. Not like being like, oh, God, if you'll just do this, then I will. But God always has his way. And she did it. Boom. Victory. Giving of thanks. Second Samuel twenty two fifty. Therefore I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord. Among the heathen I will sing praises unto thy name. And Hannah gave thanks for what God did. Gave him back. First uh, Chronicles 16.8, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Psalms 105.1, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Psalm 106.1, praise you the Lord, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Psalms 106.47, save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen, to give thanks unto thy holy name, and to triumph in thy praise. Because it's about him, not me. Thanks, Second uh, Corinthians nine fifteen. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Right, Ephesians five twenty. Giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father, to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians one twelve. Giving thanks unto the Father, which 
hath made us meet to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in light. And Colossians 3, 17, And whatsoever you do, word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by whom. See, we like to do things in our selfish way, right? God says, no, fast. And do the things that I need you to do that I order you to do because I have the blessing already for that. And by the way, I know I read several verses there. This isn't, this is barely consistent. I mean, uh, of all the verses about thanksgiving that says to God and the word of God. realize that sometimes when we're singing on Sunday morning, we're singing praises, and a lot of times people call that, well, that's worship. Well, it should be worship. But I don't think it is. I mean, it's fine if you're singing on Sunday and you're feeling good, you know, it makes you feel good, but really it's praising. No, this is about praising God, worshiping Him, not me feeling good. Amen? That's not how we always think about it. That's not how I always think. And I have to remind myself constantly. Okay, number three, and we'll go through this quickly. And this is, this is so go over to Ephesians chapter 6. Everybody knows Ephesians chapter 6, right? And we, we think of it in terms of, you know, the armor of God, and, and that's good. Absolutely true. No, no two ways about that. But I, I want you to look at this from a different window. different perspective. This is the weapon of prayer, number three. Not just the armor of God, okay, this is me knowing the word of God, and amen, and you should. With all that getting, get knowledge, get wisdom, get understanding, amen. Get into the word of God and know it. But if you don't know the author intimately, which is what prayer is about, it's not about a list, it's not a, we do those things so that we can our soul on because we need that. But because I make a list of things sometimes in my life. I got in a truck of a friend of mine, you know, years ago. He knew he and his wife were struggling a little bit. And I put down his wife and his son, and there was a list of things that he had put Nothing about him. Man, that, that did something to me. I don't know if Lisa knows, but I, it, it changed my attitude in prayer about her, and, and I did things. I was like, wow. What about him? That hurt. And it changed me. That's what prayer is about. It's about him. Me being what I need to be in that relationship. Being, not doing. If I'm being what I need to be, then God can be with me, whatever. But if I'm doing things, then God's trying to corral me like, you know, herding cats and get me where I need to be. Because I'm so busy doing things for him. So start in verse 10 of Ephesians 6. We all know this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Let me give you the first, these first few. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. 
Remember, strength and power are only of the Lord. You and I do not get strong in the Lord, and now I have the strength to go out and do whatever. And I hear this all the time in Christianity. If you listen to some of the Christian songs, they talk about, you know, oh, I'm not afraid of this or that because I'm strong in that. I'm never strong. I always have this flesh. You always have that flesh. And it is always, remember that word, hard to figure out, always at enmity, in other words, the enemy of God, the Holy Spirit. Always. There's there's never a time that's not true. The only time we have strength is in him, not in us. Not at all. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God, right? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The key here is put on the whole armor of God. The word is whole. I'm going to explain what I mean by that here in a minute. We'll see it after the word of God has come in telling us the whole armor of God. Not not just the pieces. I used to work with helicopters. And helicopters, when you get a hold of pieces, they're super flimsy until you have them all together and you take them to the front where it gets easy and light. Verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual workings of high places. Here's the key here. For we wrestle. Sometimes we're so keyed up on, oh, we're wrestling with this. We wrestle. Okay? Prayer is a wrestling match. Ask Jacob. Right? He wrestled all night with the Lord. Finally, got it. Talk to him. Said, I want to wrestle with God again. It's well worth it, though. He went from Jacob the supplanter to Israel. It is a wrestling match. The enemy beginning with your flesh, not the devil, your flesh. Not not just lust and things like that, but your flesh in like tits, teeth, whatever. It's always working against the enemy. It's a wrestling match. Next verse, 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. So what is it? It's withstand and stand. We're to stand in the gap, right? Withstand and stand. I can't withstand the wiles of the devil on my own. I don't have that ability. If I did, why did Jesus have to die? Why did Jesus have to die if I could do it? There's only one way to stand, and that's the next verse. Verse 14, stand therefore having your loins good about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Truth is who? Jesus. So you stand in Jesus' righteousness, not in your own, because you and I don't have any. I stand here. Now, we, we start to stand and, well, I've learned to this point, or I've learned that, or I'm able to do this. That never, <laughs> that never is anywhere near to good enough. To stand in him and his righteousness, not mine. Next verse. And your feet shall with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Go prepared with the gospel. Your life, my life, 
is to be an example to the lost of what a relationship with Christ is and an example to each other as believers to strengthen like Jonathan did with David when, when his dad was chasing him down and Jonathan went out and met him and refreshed him and reminded him of what God was doing. That's what that's about. Don't compare with the gospel. Why? Next verse. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Hey, you know what that's about? Above all. Above all. That's above all, obey. 1 Samuel 15, 22, right? Okay. Or 19, 21. 1 Samuel 15, 22. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Obedience is the key. Not knowing all this and that, although you need to know that. Well, I didn't get knowledge of those many things, but the key is obedience. Next verse. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So always take what? The Word of God. Yeah. The, the Word of God is the only thing that can change anything. The Word of God is what put everything into existence is what saved you and I, not me, not you, not my powers of persuasion, not how much Bible I know, the word of God, and only the word. And last but not least, look at verse 18, it says, because this wraps the whole thing up, this is the whole armor of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Always pray and persevere in the spirit. Because that is what this whole thing is about, is God. And praying in the Spirit. Making sure that I am praying in the Spirit. Not in my ability, not in my knowledge, not in my wisdom about God, but in His. Always preparing yourself for this. Amen? Amen. It's 8 o'clock, and I don't want to make it over, so I apologize, but let's pray. Father, we praise and thank you for the Lord Jesus.